بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد الحمد لله we've reached the third hidayah of تسهيل قصد السبيل and this hidayah specifically discusses the signs of a sheikh kamil a qualified sheikh and it's very important for us to understand this principle because this for certain people in their ego uh, it becomes a very big obstacle from treading the path of suluk a lot of people the thing that's a biggest hindrance for them to enter the tariqah for them to enter enter suluk for them to tread the path to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the biggest hindrance is this is the accepting of the authority of an individual and when we think about this this is a very perplexing thing it's a very confusing thing because of the fact that we all go to school and university we accept the authority of a principal we accept the authority of a teacher all of us from time to time go to a doctor and we go to a physician we accept the authority of the physician we accept the authority Uh, and the prescription that's given by this person all of us for example deal with you know the law enforcement we accept the authority of a police officer all of us you know have gone through various courses have gone through various you know uh, stages or junctures in our life where there is uh, people that we have to deal with there's authority that we have to deal with there's uh, situations where we have to submit to the expertise of another person so this is something which is understood it doesn't require a lot of explanation or dalil that when you take your car to a mechanic you submit your car and you trust in the expertise of this person that what he is going to my, to do to my car i have complete itminan i have a confidence in this person because he's the qualified person in this regard when we take you know uh our children to the pediatrician we trust that this pediatrician is going to take care of my son or my child and we don't have any questions we don't have any ishkals we don't have an ego in that regard however when it comes to rectification of the self when it comes to reformation of the character all of the sudden you know there is nobody on the face of this earth that i can accept as an authority in this no nobody is can tell me what to do nobody can tell me uh, this that and the other well nobody can tell you people are telling you in all of these things but when it comes to yourself when it comes to your nafs when it comes to your ego when it comes to your rectification when it comes to your reformation all of a sudden there is nobody on the face of this planet that is an authority and then what do you say i follow allah and his rasul no you do not follow allah and his rasul you follow nafs and shaitan why because of the fact that allah and rasul here is dependent upon what you want to accept from allah and rasul is dependent upon your discretion that here i accept allah and rasul to what it fits me and here i will accept allah and rasul statement to what it suits my nafs and my shaitan So this is something my dear brothers and sisters 
who are listening, this is something which has become the biggest hindrance of the tariqah. It is not a hindrance when a person has a basketball coach. It is not a hindrance when a person has a fitness trainer. Tells you whatever, you completely submit yourself to him. It is not a hindrance when you go to the doctor. It is not a, because none of those things have to do with your ego. Islah nafs and tariqah and tasawwuf, it has to do with rectification of the self. So therefore, nobody on the face of this planet is worthy of your rectification because your ego has become so big that there's nobody on this planet that is bigger than that. This is something very, very important. And we have to remove the doubts and the misconceptions regarding this because this third hidayah, the signs of a Shaykh Kamil, is an essential, uh, first of all, a misconception and a hindrance that must be removed first in order for us to enter into the tariq. Because without understanding this very important point, the necessity of having the necessity of taking a sheikh, the necessity of having someone that will guide you, the necessity that having someone that you can make mashwara with, the necessity of having someone that you can consult regarding your spiritual matters. And shaitan and nafs puts a big ishkal there because that is the, the determining factor of whether you enter the tariq or you don't enter the tariq. So in regards to take the ego that's involved in this, Mawlana Tanvi Rahmatullahi said, fine, fine. If you don't want to make the person your sheikh, you don't want to make the person your peer, you don't want to make the person your master, no problem. Make the person the one you consult. Make the person your coach. Make the person your trainer. Don't say he's my sheikh. Say, uh, this is my elder. Don't say he's your sheikh. Say, this is the person that I consult. Don't say, he said, Usko peer mat banao, mushir to banao. Agar peer nahi banaoge, ya peer ka lav se tum darte ho, to usko mushir ka mazkam to banao. Agar peer nahi banaoge usko, to mushir banao. Yani, jisse mashwara liya jata hai. From the one that you take mashwara from. The one you take and you consult him regarding. So, we all need somebody that we consult. You know, when we have a car problem, you know, we don't go to a lawyer to tell uh, and ask him about the, the, you know, the car trouble we're having, right? We don't go to a lawyer to ask about, you know, a pain that you're having in your knee, right? You don't go to a doctor and ask him about, you know, uh, your oil change. No, you, everybody, right? لِكُلِّ فَنِّ رِجَالِ and uh, uh, for every uh, for every subject, there are experts, right? For every person, there is experts, and Allah Subhanahu wa Taala mentions, "Fasalu ahl zikri in kuntum la taalamun." Ask the people of the remembrance, ask the people of knowledge, if you do not know. Now, this ayat was revealed regarding. The Quran, yani ask the people of Ahl Kitab, ask the Yahud and Nasara regarding this, Inzalul Wahi, in Kuntum La Talamun. O people of Makkah, if you don't know nothing about this, 
about the concept of uh, you know, God's intervention through revelation, ask the people of Dhikr, ask the people of the scriptures from before, if you do not have knowledge. However, the ulama have used this, right, this ayat of Quran, even though the shan and nuzul is for something else. The ulama have used the generality, right, Right, the consideration is given to the generality of the speech and not the reason why it was revealed. So the generality of this kalam is, ask the people who are the experts of that field if you do not know anything about it. And that goes for Quraysh. Oh, people of Quraysh, this, this is all new to you. Right? You don't know nothing about this. So ask the people who are people of scripture, ask the people who revelation has been revealed to them if you don't know. Similarly, this applies to every other, right? Because the usul is there. And that's, it's, that's it, the ayat is valid to, you know, the, the, the dalalatun nas in this ayah, yani, what, what this ayat is indicative of, what it indicates towards, that any people who are the people of a specific expertise, ask them if you do not know about that aspect. So just like there's people that are experts in fiqh, ask them, ask the muftis if you have a question in, 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 in masail. Right in regards to, um, in regards to uh, law or the marriage laws, right? You ask a lawyer. You ask a you, you ask a person who is specialized in that regard. In regards to, for example, uh, you know, kidney issues that you're having, you might go to a general doctor. You might go to, to emergency, which you know, there's a, a regular doctor there. And then you know, say you're having kidney complications. He's not going to take care of it. He's going to tell you to go to a kidney specialist. Or there's a blockage that you have in the art. He's not going to deal with it. He's going to tell you to go to a cardiologist. Or there's a person who has some brain issue. He's going to tell you to go to a neurologist. So just like that, in medicine, we have general doctors and then we have people that are specialists. Similarly, the specialists of the heart, the specialists of tazkiyah, the specialists of reformation of character are right, the mashayikh of tasawwuf. In Kitabul Luma, one of the classical books of Tasawwuf, Imam al-Sarraj, he mentions in there that the basis of Tasawwuf is the basis of Tasawwuf is Iman, Islam, Ihsan, Hadith Jibril. This is the basis of Tasawwuf. That we have an aspect the Prophet ﷺ was sitting one day and he was with the Sahaba. Kunna in the Rasulullah is Rajulun or akhbilni anil Islam. A person came and he wasn't known. He was wearing extremely white clothes and he had extremely black hair. It showed that he had no signs of a journey. However, nobody in the city knew him. So how is it that he has no signs of travel? But then how could he be around and amongst us and we don't even know who he is? So he came and he sat by the Prophet and he put his knees to his knees and he put his hands on his thighs. And he said, oh, Muhammad, tell me about Islam. So he says, 
This is Islam, the five pillars. Right? And then he mentions, tell me about Iman. He said that you believe in Allah and the angels and the books and the prophets and that everything good and bad is from Allah and destiny and so on and so forth. And then he said about something last. He said, Mal ihsan. What is ihsan? And then he said that you should worship Allah as if you see him. And if you can't achieve that state, then know that he sees you. Imam al-Sarraj in Kitab al-Luma, which was one of the texts, classical texts of Tasawwuf, very early texts of Tasawwuf, he says, this is the asl, this is the origin that the path of suluk and tasawwuf and tariqah or whatever you want to call it. Like we mentioned previously, la mashahata fil istilah. There's no problem in whatever word that you use or whatever terminology you use. You can call it ihsan, you can call it tazkiyah, you can call it tariqah, you can call it faqiri, you can call it, you know, uh, suluk, whatever. Here the word that's used is ihsan. And it is a third department of Islam, it's a third department of deen along with Islam and Iman. And when he left, this hadith which is narrated by Umar ibn Khattab anhu, the Prophet asked him, Atadri manissa ya Umar? Oh Umar, do you know who was the one who was asking those questions? He said, Wallahu Rasulu A'lam. Allah and His Messenger know best. He said, Thaka Jibreel atakum yu'allimukum deenakum. That was Jibreel. He came to teach you your deen. So that means that these three things that were mentioned by Jibreel, Al-Islamu, Wal-Imanu, Wal-Ihsanu, all three of these things are deen. The interesting thing that I'm trying to get to is we're talking about the signs of a Shaykh Kamil. That Imam Sarraj in Kitab al-Luma, he mentions that this hadith, it tells us that deen has three departments. Iman, Islam, Ihsan. Then he says, all of us know that the mutakhassisun, the specialists of the subject and the department of Iman are the mutakallimun, the theologians. These are the people who discuss right, the aspects of Iman, the aspects of theology. The aspects of creed. Understand? And the second department, which is Islam, the Masail of Salat, the Masail of Zakat, the Masail of Hajj, what we call the external aspects of the deen, right? Where we say fiqh, the fiqh of Salat, the fiqh of Zakat, the fiqh of Hajj, the fiqh of fasting. This is dealt by the fuqaha. So we have the mutakallimun, the scholars of ilmul kalam, the scholars of aqidah, like we have our great scholars uh, Abu al-Hasan al-Ash'ari and Abu Mansur al-Maturidi. These are our two imams who are the mutakallimun, and Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, right? And Imam al-Baqilani, and Imam al-Ghazali, and Imam al-Juwaini, and Imam al-Razi, these were our great mutakallimun, who were also fuqaha. And then you have the fuqaha. You have Imam al-Shafi'i, you have Imam Malik, you have Imam Abu Hanifa, you have Imam Muhammad, you have Abu Yusuf, you have al-Nawawi, you have Imam al-Sarakhsi. All of these fuqaha, these are the scholars of Islam, 
or the details of Islam. Right? We call them the fuqaha. And when we have a question regarding fiqh, we look at the mu'tamad and what are the reliable statements of those fuqaha. Now we have a third department. Imam al-Sarraj says, These, this tabaqa were the Sufis. And the Sufis are actually a tabaqa of Islam. They are not a group of, they're not like a group of, you know, some bandits or some like random, you know, hermits that they were congregating together, doing little circles of zikr in little monasteries. These were grand mashayikh. If you look at books like Siru A'lam al-Nubala of Imam al-Dhahabi, Siru A'lam al-Nubala of Imam al-Dhahabi, right, in the Maktabat al-Risala print, of, or Darul Risala print of Siyarul Alam and Nubara. It's like a 20, 30 volume book of the biographies of all of the great scholars and mashayikh. And from amongst them, they are the Zuhad. You have from amongst them, and these are the Sufi Imams. You have Imam al Junaid, Abu al Qasim al Junaid, Rahmatullahi. Who was he? He was not known to be. Specifically, a faqih. He was not known. He had ilm of fiqh. He wasn't known to be mu'tamad in fiqh. He wasn't known to be mufassir, even though he was. He knew tafsir. He wasn't known to be a muhaddith, even though he knew hadith. What was he? A sp- what did people regard him as? He considered him Imam al Ta'ifah. Imam al Ta'ifah. He was the Imam of this group. What is this ta'ifa? What is the ta'ifa that he is speaking about? This is the Sufis. So for example, if we were to look at the entry of the biography of Imam al-Junaid, Imam al-Junaid was known to be Sayyid al-Ta'ifa. Just so we understand what we're discussing, we're discussing the signs of a Shaykh Kamil, and we're discussing a very important point Regarding the fact that throughout the history of Islam, there were, as Imam al-Sarraj mentions in Kitab al-Luma, there were, just like there's three departments of Islam, one is inseparable from the other. Iman, Islam, and he mentioned the third, which is Ihsan. Imam al-Sarraj takes this point that if Islam has three departments, as is mentioned in the Hadith of Jibreel, narrated in Bukhari by Umar al-Khattab radiallahu anhu, that we have Iman, the scholars of that and the, are the mutakhassisun, are the Ahlul Kalam, <coughs> and the scholars of Islam are the Fuqaha, who know the, each of the details of the external actions of Deen. And then you have the Department of Ihsan. So who are the scholars and the mutakhassisun and specialists of that? So if we were to look at Tarikhul Islam, Imam al-Zahabi, who's one of the greatest historians and biographers and muhaddithun and scholars of Rijal, one of the greatest of scholars of Rijal, of the Ummah, just to read what he has mentioned in his entry, in his biographies in Tariq al-Islam, I'm reading from volume 12, page 924, he mentions under the tarjama, any the biography of Al-Junaid ibn Muhammad ibn Al-Junaid, 
ابو القاسم النہاوندی الاصل البغدادی القواریری الخزاز mentions here who is saying this Imam al-Dhahabi Imam al-Dhahabi has been accepted by Salafis Imam al-Dhahabi is accepted by non-Sufis Imam al-Dhahabi is accepted by all of Ahl al-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah to be known as one of the greatest historians and scholars of Rijal what does he say? that kana shaykh al-arifin kana Imam Junaid he was the shaykh of all of the knowers of Allah, Arif. Now, if you say, so-and-so is Arif Billah, I say about my shaykh, Hazrat, you know, Arif Billah, Hazrat Maulana Hakim Akhtar Sahib. Astaghfirullah, Arif Billah, Sufi, Sufi. Okay, who are you now making objection against? Here is Imam al-Dhahabi in volume number 12 of Tariq al-Islam. Tariq al-Islam. He's saying, Kana shaykh al-Arifin. He was the shaykh of the Arif Billahs. He was the shaykh of the knowers of Allah. وَقُدْوَةَ السَّائِرِينَ And he was the leader and the imam. Qudwa means role model. He was a role model for the sa'irin, those who are treading the path of Allah. Sa'ir, sa'ra yasiru, yani to travel a path. He was the role model of the wayfarers of the path of, of Allah. وَعَلَمَ الْأَوْلِيَاءِ فِي زَمَانِهِ He was a, the banner and the flag. He was the flag bearer of the awliya of his time. He stood out from amongst all the awliya of his time. رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ رَحْمَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ This is the kalam of who? This is the kalam of Imam al-Dhahabi. Rahimahullah. Now, like I mentioned, his takhassus was tasawwuf. His takhassus was ilmul qalb. Ihsan, ilmul ihsan. But that doesn't mean he didn't know hadith. That doesn't, know, that doesn't mean he didn't know fiqh. And here it mentions, وَتَفَقَّهَ عَلَىٰ أَبِي ثَوْرِ Abu Thawr was one of the fuqaha who had a madhab of his own. Before, you know, the madhahib arba, the four madhahib became, uh, you know, set and the four madhahib is what became mutadawil it became accepted and that is what became came and it, it got into circulation right there were other madhahib for example the madhab of sufyan thawri it was a valid madhab the madhab of abu thawr it was a valid madhab the madhab of uh, layth ibn sa'ad it was a valid madhab before these four madhahib became set so tafaqqaha ala abi thawri actually made tafaqqu yani he learned ilm of fiqh by one of the imams of fiqh of that time. This was Imam Junaid. Imagine. So it's not that, you know, he was a Sufi. He didn't know nothing. What are you talking about? Tafaqqaha ala Abi Thawr. Meaning he attained the ilm of fiqh. He was already a faqih. Wasami'a min al-Hasan ibn Arafah wa ghayrahu. And he heard from one of the great muhaddithun, Hasan ibn Arafah wa ghayrahu. So this point of Imam al-Dhahabi, who is speaking of Imam al-Junaid, when he says, وَسَمِعَ مِنَ الْحَسَنَ بْنُ عَرَفَةِ Who was Hassan ibn Arafah? He was the musnad, the musnad of his time. Hassan ibn Arafah كَانَ مُسْنِدُ زَمَانِهِ And musnad means he was the authority of hadith, yani that person to whom 
everyone uh, relies upon their sanad. And it is mentioned here, subhanAllah, all of the people that he that narrated from him, from amongst the people who narrated from Hasad ibn Arafah, وَعَنْهُ التِّرْمِذِي وَابْنُ مَاجَ وَالنَّسَئِ From amongst them is Imam At-Tirmidhi, Ibn Majah, and Nasa'i. These are the people who narrate from Hassan ibn Arafah. So the teacher of Imam Junaid, who was the leader of the Mashaykh, the leader and the, the, the specialist of Tasawwuf in his time, he was the uh, uh, student of the teachers, right, of Imam At-Tirmidhi and Ibn Majah and Nasa'i. So we can see, right, the status of these people that these Imams of, you know, Tasawwuf and uh, these, uh, you know, Mutakhassisun, they were people of ilm as well. And then in Tasawwuf it says, وَاخْتَصَّ بِصُحْبَةِ السَّرِي Sari al-Sakati, that was his uncle. وَاخْتَصَّ بِصُحْبَةِ السَّرِي al-Sakati وَالْحَارِثَ الْمُحَاسَبِ وَبِحَمْزَةَ الْبَغْدَادِ وَأَتْقَنَ لِعِلْمَ ثُمَّ أَقْبَلَ عَلَى شَأْنِهِ وَاشْتَغَلَ بِمَا خُلِقَ لَهِ And then, after sitting in the suhbat of these mashayikh, and it specifically uses the word, وَاخْتَصَّ بِصُحْبَةِ السَّرِي al-Sakati Sari was a very great wali of his time and that was his, the, the uncle of Imam al-Junaid. He learned from him taqwa and he learned from him this knowledge of tasawwuf, right? So he sat in their suhbat, وَأَتْقَنَ ilm. He perfected in his, his knowledge. ثُمَّ أَقْبَلَ عَلَى شَأْنِهِ Then he turned after perfecting the ilm of fiqh, the ilm of hadith, the ilm of tafsir and all of that. Then he turned to his Speciality, which was tasawwuf. Then he occupied himself with what Allah had created him for. And that was for the knowledge of tasawwuf. It's mentioned so in regards to his tasawwuf, قالت جريري سمعته يقول Jariri says that I heard Imam al-Junaid say this. Who is Imam al-Junaid? He's the student of Imam Tirmidhi. Basically, he's the student of Imam Hassan ibn al-Arafah, right? Basically, he's a contemporary of Imam Tirmidhi, a contemporary of Imam ibn Majah and Nasa'i. Right? This person, look at what he says. مَا أَخَذْنَا التَّسَوُّفَ عَنِ الْقَالِ وَالْقِيلِ we didn't take tasawwuf from speaking, saying this and saying that. That's not what tasawwuf comes from. Right? After we sat in the company, Lakin Anil Ju'i dunya ma'lufat. Rather, from fasting and remaining hungry. And from abandoning the pleasures of this world. And leaving the habits that are the bad habits. This is the way that we have attained tasawwuf. In other words, he specifically uses the word tasawwuf. Who is this? This person, right, who is at the maqam of Imam Tirmidhi and, and the contemporary of these great imams that we take hadith from. And we can see the way they're speaking, right? The way he's speaking is like tasawwuf is something very normal. Tasawwuf is something very, right, uh, known. 
Subhanallah, there's another quote from Imam Al-Khuldi who narrates from Junaid, who said, أُعْطِيَ أَهْلُ بَغْدَادِ الشَّطْحِ وَالْعِبَارَةِ وَأَهْلُ خُرَاسَانِ الْقَلْبِ وَالسَّخَاءِ وَأَهْلُ الْبَصْرَةِ الزُّهْدِ وَالْقَنَاعَةِ وَأَهْلُ الشَّامِ الْحِلْمِ وَالسَّلَامَةِ وَأَهْلُ الْحِجَازِ الصَّبْرِ وَالْإِنَابَةِ Subhanallah. He's saying that, look, in the history of Islam, that the, the, the people of, the various people of the different lands of the Muslims, they were known for special qualities. For special amal, the amal al-qulub, the actions of the heart. This is why we sit in the company of these mashayikh, to get these amal, to get these conditions from them. Junaid says, the people of Baghdad were given speech and, you know, astounding words. Shatah. Shatah means, you know, words and uh, statements that are very difficult to understand. It is not for people to understand. So they had this very uh, em embellishing words of tasawwuf. Like they would mention wonderful speeches about the, you know, the love of Allah. And they would, you know, go, you know, um, to lengths to kind of like, uh, you know, say embellished words and, 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 and uh, speeches on the ma'rifat and the recognition of Allah. So this was what Ahlu Baghdad was known for. And Ahlu Khurasan, Al-Qalb the people of Khurasan, right? The people of the lands of Persia, they're known for having the most purest hearts and generosity. And the people of Basra were known for their abandoning the things of this world, their zuhud, and contentment with very little of, of this the worldly things. And the people of Sham were known for their forbearance and their salama, meaning withholding themselves from harming others. And the people of Hijaz were known for their patience and their penitence to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the purpose of mentioning all of these details regarding one of the one of the uh, imams who was known to be Sayyidu Taifa and the Imam Al-Awliya Qudwat Al-Sa'irin right? and the Shaykh Al-Arifin right? why we mention this is because this is the lost science just like fiqh we have teachers that we take fiqh from we have mashayikh that we take our fiqh from we have mashayikh that we take hadith from we have mashayikh that we take various knowledges from, sciences from. So we have to understand that this was a valid science. It was known amongst the, 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 the people. It was known amongst the Salaf al-Saliheen. Imam al-Dhahabi is talking about it like it's something very practical. It's something very normal. It was, the, it was, it was accepted. It was known. It was ma'roof in the Ahlul Islam. And now is the time, which is a time of great confusion, where, you know, a person will not even consider it something which is necessary. Whereas he is lacking a major portion of his deen if he does not have this aspect of it. We have to find those experts. And as Mawlana Rumi he mentions that do not be deceived when you look at the rocks and the stones that there are no pearls or diamonds or gems amongst them. Yes, there are precious gems. There are precious stones amongst those random, you know, 
useless stones as well, but you have to be a seeker. If you want to find a pearl, you have to dive into the depths of the ocean. If you want to find a diamond, you have to mine into the mountain. If you want to find gold, you have to go and make an effort to find that gold. It is there, but it is amongst right the useless rocks. So you have to be a seeker. So this was a very important introduction to the third Hidayah, that the understanding that Sheikh Kamil qualified Mashaikh is not only necessary, but this was something that every department of expertise, just like the department of theology, has theologians who are the expert of it. The department of fiqh has a, a fuqaha that are the experts of it. The department of hadith, the muhaddithun, are experts of it. Similarly, the department of tasawwuf, the mashayikh al-sufiyya, they were from the beginning centuries the, expert, the experts of this. And this is how the silsila goes passed down from one sheikh, from student, from teacher to student, all the way right uh, down to um, these mashayikh that we have mentioned, just one of them today. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, give us the understanding and may Allah ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to tread in the path of these mashayikh, of these elders. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi